welcome to Objective Health. I'm your host, Doug. Co-host today is Elliot. And in the background, as usual, on the ones and twos, is Damien. Hello. So, uh, today we are doing, <clears throat> excuse me, another uh, in the news show. Um, just got two topics today, but they're actually rather big topics. We're going to be talking about the latest Pfizer dump. And we're going to be talking about a new bill proposed in California to uh, medical fascism, to put it bluntly. Uh, but let's start off with the Pfizer dump. Um, so as many people don't know, because it is getting absolutely no press anywhere, uh, Pfizer recently released another 80,000 pages. Some people are saying over 90,000 pages of documents um that they are mandated by court order to be releasing which is all of the information that they uh that the fda received in order to um approve it uh they originally if you remember uh tried to argue that they wouldn't be able to release it for 75 years and thankfully a judge said no um, you will release it in a timely manner. Um, and now as the more and more documents come out, we see why they were actually trying to do that because it really implicates both Pfizer and the FDA. Um, in this latest drop, um, basically, I guess the big blockbuster from the recent drop was that so they the Pfizer was going around bragging that their uh, their vaccine was ninety five percent effective. Um, what this latest drop shows is that it was not in fact ninety five percent effective. It never was ninety five percent effective. It was twelve percent, and that twelve percent only held for about a week, and then it went down to one percent effective. So, uh. This is pretty ridiculous, you know, for them to be able to go, to go around and say 95% effective. I mean, this has to get, this gets into all the stuff with like uh, relative risk versus ask, actual risk. Um, they were basically using the relative risk uh, figures, which are misleading. And the FDA has even stated that using relative risk is misleading. Um, yet, despite that, they were perfectly happy to go with uh, the relative risk uh, um, stat on this one um so yeah it 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 that probably is the 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 kind of the biggest shocker of it so they knew that's the other thing is that they knew damn well that the actual efficacy rate was 12% not 95% and they promoted it as being 95% anyway yeah they may may as well have just plucked the number out of thin air yeah uh, we did a show on this like several months ago now uh, talking about this concept of like relative risk where they can essentially use different calculations to skew the data in whichever way that they want. They, they basically just use a specific calculation which gives them like a projected value and then they can claim that that is the, the efficacy of the vaccine. But as we've seen, like the, the actual data shows it was a far cry from 95%. It was, it was never that effective. In fact, like everything that they said was a lie and we were kind of anticipating that, you know, if we have been saying this all along and you should never trust a government, uh, sorry, a criminal 
organization like Pfizer who've been um who've been reprimanded and taken to court on several occasions in the past for their criminal activities so uh really it's it's no no shocker in in my book no. um but the fact that it took a release of an 80,000 page document to show that really it's the FDA who who was tasked tasked with assessing this criminal organization and assessing their data. So really, um, it, I don't want to, I, I mean, Pfizer are, are, frankly, they are evil for doing this uh, for several reasons. And we'll go into that a little bit later. But, you know, ultimately, you can't, I, I probably don't want this to come, to come across the wrong way, but you can't really expect them to do anything else, right? They're a for-profit company. They're going to do anything that they can. Really, it's the FDA's responsibility. They are the uh, organizational institution who is responsible for maintaining the safe products, safe medic medications, and they're really the ones who are responsible for uh, for this being let out onto the, onto the public. It's not Pfizer, and Pfizer made a, a, a you know an um, an extremely dangerous uh, pharmaceutical drug, but that's been done by several other big pharma companies. That's been done by several uh, other. Uh, companies in the past right it, the, the difference is is that they're not accepted or if they are accepted it's quickly recalled right because everyone says okay well actually this is a really really uh, damaging drug um the data animal data wasn't accurate uh, and it's killing people so actually we need to recall that that hasn't happened with it, with with the pfizer vaccine that's what's really bizarre uh so i, I consider the fda to be ultimately responsible for this personally yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to let Pfizer off the hook by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you know, we all know that they've been, I mean, just what we were covering here about them saying it was 95% effective. Like they, it, this isn't the first time a pharmaceutical company has lied about their product um, or hidden things about their product. Um, I mean, it's basically their business model, right? Get something onto the market, you know, push it as much as you can. Um, and in this case, it was like, a gold mine for them because it was ba it was basically mandated, um, but yeah, get it out there, get uh, as it, it into as many bodies as possible, and when the overwhelming evidence can't be hidden anymore, then you recall it and you deal with the lawsuits. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's basically like you basically have two criminal organizations working hand in hand here. So again, it's not really surprising, but um, to have the evidence actually out there is a step in the right direction, although, of course, the mainstream media is not covering it. I shouldn't even just say the mainstream media. You know, I've been looking even on alternative media, and I'm not seeing much about it. Now, mind you, it's 80,000 pages. Um, so, you know, we got to give people some time to kind of go through it and, and, and assess it. I mean, I haven't read it personally, um, but I've been kind of relying on some people out there who have been reading it. Um, yeah, actually, I'll just mention this. Um, Dr. Naomi Wolf... Um, has been pretty instrumental in um, going through a lot of this kind of stuff. She has a team, um, and they are. She, you can see her stuff a lot of times. Um, she ends up on Steve Bannon's radio show quite a bit, uh, kind of giving summaries of of the different stuff that they're they're finding. So she's she's a good resource if anybody's looking for one. Uh, but maybe the second most incredible thing that has come out of these documents is that during the uh trials 
that Pfizer was putting on for its vaccine. This is before it was um, ruled out. Um, they there were 1,223 people died within the first 28 days of being inoculated. So and and the, yeah. this was out of um, a total or the recorded population was uh 29,000 females and 9,000 9,100 9, oh, yeah. odd males um so the total amount was about 30 39,000 ish so we had 1,223 die in the first 28 days out of a total of less than 40,000 percentage is that uh, it's like, well, it's less than less than one in forty. <laughs> uh, probably like that's good two. Enough. What is it? Two, two percent. Two point something. No, percent. something like that. Yeah. And they decided that that was acceptable, and well, the FDA decided it was acceptable, and they not only two point five percent. Two point five percent. 2.5% death rate within the first 28 days of taking it. Just within the first 28 days. And this is not factoring in any long-term health conditions, which may eventually result in death. Mm -hmm. Any dis disabling health conditions, which we know that many people do get. They get neurological issues, autoimmune issues, cancers. If you get a cancer, you're not going to die within a month. Unless you're one of the unfortunate people who gets one of the uh, the really strange, like or hemolytic type type of cancers, but generally cancers take uh, you know several years to develop. So it's tip of the iceberg. Yeah, um, it's it, it's just crazy. It, like it, it's just insane that this is the data that 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 the FDA received and decided that not only was it good to go forward but that they were supporting what essentially were mandates you know they might not have ever come right out and said you absolutely must get a vaccine but it was so coercive and the threats were so real that it may as well have been mandated and i mean people lost their jobs for avoiding this thing it's like a freaking 2.5 percent chance of dying within the first 28 days and you're going to lose your job because you don't want to take that risk it's crazy. Well, <clears throat> a lot of the list of side effects, you were going, just going through some of them, um, Elliot, but uh, some of the side effects are actually familiar at this point, like myocarditis, liver failure, blood clotting. I mean, we've been hearing about that everywhere. Acute interstitial pneumonitis, um, autoimmune disorders, musculoskeletal, cognitive tissue disorders, gastrointestinal issues, diabetes, herpes, thyroid disorder, several neurological conditions, including multiple sclerosis, blindness, seizures, epilepsy, narcolepsy, eczema. The list like goes on. And, you know, it, it, it's like we've been reporting on this for two and a half years at this point. Is it that long? Two years? Um, so I, I, these, these conditions, like, you know, we're not surprised by this because this is the kind of stuff that's been reported all along. But um, the fact that it is actually documented now, and they can't really deny it at this point. And again, they knew, right? They knew going into all of this 
that this was the list of side effects. Yeah, indeed. You think you think that I mean, as is historically been the case, that if a drug has so many side effects and has potentially fatal consequences for people who take it, then generally it's it's going to have a much more difficult time being accepted mm-hmm. um, and and allowed onto the general public. I think that was one of the reasons for this emergency use authorization that we saw. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, it, it shielded these companies from liability first of all um but ordinarily a a drug with this caliber of side effects would never have been it would never have been uh released onto the public or or kind of approved so yeah it's really something it's something new that we've seen um there's another uh quite damning statistic that has that came out and i'm pretty certain that is it was during this dump this data dump that came out, um, it was looking at pregnancy. So it was looking at um, the concept of vaccinating uh, vaccinating pregnant women. And, and there was this idea or, or people had been led to believe that there was, um, that there were like solid safety trials uh, and good, a good safety profile for pregnant women well it turns out that uh that that's not the case at all uh that that this was never um shown to be safe in pregnancy in fact that the numbers are are, are really disturbing um there's a, a section of that document that it so so it shows that basically their total study population of women who were pregnant was tw- 274 cases right so they got women from a bunch of different countries this in the us in the uk canada germany poland etc anyway so they followed their their progress after being um after being vaccinated so um they yeah so 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 they did this on 274 cases uh and so they there was no outcome. They basically didn't report the data for 238 of those, okay, for some unknown reason. So they had 274 to start off with, and 238, all it says is no outcome was provided for 238 pregnancies, right? So first of all, we've immediately lost in excess of 200. The vast majority of our study participants were left with what um 20 22 cases 32 32 cases and of those 32 here is it's it's unbelievable of those 32 cases we had um we had 23 spontaneous abortions five with outcome pending so they still hadn't had their baby by the time that they reported on this um two premature births with neonatal death and two spontaneous abortions with intrauterine death and one normal outcome. Okay. So, 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 so you have 270 immediately you scrap away 238 that's left with 32. And of those, there was only one that had a normal pregnancy. Basically, the rest of them were 
they resulted in the baby dying. Spontaneous abortion for the vast majority. And some of them were premature birth and then uh, spontaneous abortion with the, bi- de- with the baby dying in, in utero. Remember when there was all those like Instagram stories and stuff like that coming out with women saying that, you know, claiming that after they took the shot, they started bleeding and that, you know, they lost their baby and all this kind of stuff. And they were accused of lying, basically. They, you know, all kinds of people were saying, you're lying, you're lying, you're making that up. It has nothing to do with the vaccine. Well, guess what? It definitely does have something to do with the vaccine. And on top of that, Damien, maybe you could pull up the CDC site. The CDC's page on COVID-19 vaccines while pregnant or breastfeeding still says to this day, uh, people who are pregnant should stay up to date with their COVID-19 vaccines, including getting a COVID-19 booster shot when it's time to get one. Evidence continues to build showing that COVID-19 vaccination during pregnancy is safe and effective. So what are they basing that on? What are they basing that on? Because the thing is, in the data dump, it looks like what they were basing that on were animal studies. It was uh, the study that was done on 44 rats. So they did a study on 44 rats. They watched them for a little bit of time, and then they said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So, yeah. I mean, the FDA had to have seen this, right? Of course. They, you know, they they spent that much time actually, like, going through it. Well, they didn't actually spend that much time going through it. Um, but to, to give authorization, which eventually got, they will have had to have read, kind of by law, uh they will have had to have read this document so they i mean like i mean it's just criminal yeah it is. Uh, and you had numerous cases of women who were pregnant who were in jobs which were considered i mean in canada in canada i mean you've you've had you've had these vaccine mandates to be able to travel to be able to essentially do anything and how many women have had to get this who 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 were pregnant? You know, there's no vaccine exemption for, for pregnancy in Canada, right? Vaccine exemption. Or is for there anybody? No. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh so with that in mind, I mean I dread to think how many uh how many women have lost their babies because of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we should move on to medical fascism now. Because now it would seem that even doctors who are speaking out about this kind of stuff, who might actually specifically be talking about Pfizer data dump, are risking losing their medical license. There was an article on Mercola, which... uh, is up on sot.net. It's called Medical Fascism. Proposed California bill threatens to strip doctors of medical license over COVID-19 misinformation. So basically what's going on here is there has been a bill proposed which will um, basically come at 
doctors who are out there spreading quote unquote COVID misinformation. Now, what is actually what it actually means is anybody who isn't towing the party line on COVID vaccines, masks, whatever else, uh, with the threat of them taking away their medical license. Yeah. Yeah, Canada of all places, it, it really doesn't uh, doesn't surprise me whatsoever. But yeah, this poor guy, uh, what's his name? What's his name? You're talking about the guy in Canada. Yeah, Dr. Patrick Phillips. Hmm. There's this case. So, uh, so the Epoch Times detailed a case. Dr. Patrick Phillips, family physician, who's known for speaking out against COVID mandates and restrictions. I think that he was doing it on social media as well. Um, he kind of got a bit of a name for himself, some, so to say. Uh, yeah, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario previously referred Phillips to its Physicians and Surgeons Disciplinary, Disciplinary Tribunal, alleging that he had engaged in disgraceful, dishonorable, and unprofessional conduct. Uh, they have since temporarily uh suspended his license um so he has uh i'm not sure whether he's going to appeal this they haven't taken it permanently um but some of the reasons have been that he interfered with the testing of an infant for covid19 which like infants don't need to be tested for COVID-19 anyway. Um, but in a, inappropriate reporting of adverse events following in immunization, um, inappropriate management of patients in relation to COVID vaccines, inappropriate communication with patients and or other individuals in relation to COVID vaccines, and unprofessional conduct and communications at the hospital workplace, including failure to follow hospital protocols. So clearly this guy saw the craziness that was going on and decided that actually what was more important was to share the truth with both his colleagues and his patients. Um, he has been investigated, and yeah, they've stripped him of his license. So despite the fact that he's probably a competent, well-trained doctor, uh, the, he's, he's considered no longer fit to practice. And this is really like, um, this, this, was, this was recent. This was on May 4th, this was reported. So the... Canada, it, it doesn't surprise me about Canada, but um, in the US, it's it's in California, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, isn't totally surprising. Um, just, you know, Canada and California kind of are spirit brothers in a lot of way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so basically, I mean, they, they seem to be going after doctors now. That seems to be what it is. And I, and I can I can see why, you know, a, a doctor is a trustworthy source. And there are certainly a number of doctors who are out there who are doing the right thing and are trying to spread the truth. Um, but uh, they can't really have that, you know. It, it, you think about, like, the, the lockdown they've got on the Pfizer documents, right? It's like... I think it's pretty obvious that the, I mean, it, this might not be the case. It might be a coincidence, but it seems to me pretty obvious that this whole uh, abortion thing that came up, the Supreme Court leak, um, was intended to distract from the Pfizer documents. 
I mean, there's a couple of other things they could be trying to distract from as well. Like, I'm not sure if there's anything big going on in Ukraine right now, but they uh, are clearly trying to distract from something. I mean, that's basically trotting out an old argument that they know is so controversial and so fiery and everybody gets extremely worked up about it. It's a really good distraction. And meanwhile, they quietly kind of leak out these Pfizer documents. Um, but if you've got doctors out there who are talking about this kind of stuff and saying these kinds of things, then that can't really happen. It's almost like another channel of communication, right? Other than the mainstream media. It's like, you know, like this doctor in Canada had his Twitter account um, obliterated. You know, he had uh, 40,000 40, uh, followers and it's gone now, which is no surprise. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that they're going after doctors. Yeah, they they doctors are, are really really I think one of the main threats. The 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 medical establishment I don't think is particularly concerned with just online people who are considered conspiracy theorists. You know, that's 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 not I don't think a massive threat for them directly. The the real threats is the the PhDs, so mm -hmm. the research scientists and um and most especially the mds so the medical doctors uh and and that is because they do have a certain level of of medical authority i mean it's their profession they train for what ho however many years usually uh, at least six to seven years to to be able to practice independently as a doctor in any country so these people are uh you know very well trained and 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 so in that in that respect if you've got someone who has that degree of training and knowledge still um, standing against the the authorities and giving an alternate perspective, well, they they pose a real danger. Uh, and there, I think we saw that probably a couple years ago, or over the past probably decade, if even longer. There have been many mysterious deaths of doctors and naturopathic doctors in particular um, over different topics, uh, particularly the ones who have been outspoken with regard to certain treatments. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, the, the Nagalese uh, stuff with regards to cancer. Um, and there have just been so many uh, strange deaths um, that were that looked like suicide, but but um, and it might be kind of coincidental if this happened a couple of times. But when you have a, a group of doctors who are all talking about one thing and all of a sudden, you know, you've got like, a big chunk of them or a significant portion of them who, who, uh, who just randomly commit suicide, then, then it stinks of something fishy. And, um, we haven't necessarily seen that. I don't think, although there have been some cases of, of mysterious deaths of doctors over the past two years, but we're, we're more, more seeing just that the system is crack, cracking down in the way that they're restricting them of their license or they're starting to, or they're banning them off social media, etc. Um, What's I think most disturbing is, is is that in this particular bill, um, I think that it would it would be um retrospective. So so I, what I mean by that is I think that they would be able to go back onto someone's through someone's account through someone's history, uh, in terms of what they've said. I think that that might be possible. I don't know the details of the of the bill though or of the law. Maybe that's not possible. Um, but that could potentially be a problem. There's 
it's not just this bill though. So, so you have this bill 20098 is what it's called. And this is uh, basically going to allow the state to, to take the medical license of, of doctors for spreading, um, you know, COVID-19 misinformation or health and misinformation. But there's actually several other bills that they're also looking to introduce um, very, very soon, or maybe even at the same time. There's, there's another bill um, which seeks to criminalize amplification of harmful content on social media. So this is not something that just applies to doctors, but this is really a, something that applies to anyone. Okay, so not only are they targeting um, the biggest threats to their medical tyranny, which which is the doctors, but but it seems as though what they're trying to do is really kind of consolidate their control of information and make it a criminal offense so that... Uh, Anyone who is who is caught spreading any misinformation or what they deem to be harmful content, which I would imagine anything relating to COVID-19, um, then, then again, they can criminalize that, potentially put you in jail for that or fine you. There's another bill, which is um, it's calling for creation of a centralized vaccination registry. I guess that's something by which they can track who's had a vaccine and who hasn't. Uh, kind of like a central database, which is really kind of scary. I thought they would have had something like that already, but yeah. maybe maybe this one would be like a maybe it would be more controlled, easier to access kind of thing. Um, another bill, and there's a couple of these. Um, it says that it would strip state funding from any law enforcement agency that publicly announces that they will not follow or adopt a policy stating that they will not follow a public health order. So, for instance, if you have like a government order, which is like purely fascist kind of thing, if, if you have uh, an order um, which is telling, uh, saying to, to lock people up for not being vaccinated uh, and your body says, no, we're not going to do that, then, um, then this bill would say that, okay, well, the state's not going to fund you anymore kind of thing. They say that one is a lot, <clears throat> might be specifically uh, being brought out to coerce sheriffs and police officers. Right. You know, to, uh, you know, because, you know, during lockdowns and things like that, there were sheriffs who were coming forward and saying, I'm not enforcing this. It's, it's unconstitutional. And they can't have that. Not in California, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it's going to be a top-down controlled system where even if you believe that something is morally wrong, morally reprehensible, and you, you don't, you, unconst unconstitutional, you don't want to follow it. It doesn't really matter <laughs> because they're, they're kind of putting all of the controls in place so that you've got no wiggle room. Whereas currently you do. Another one uh, also uh, titled 871 Senate bill would mandate all school children ages five and older to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. That's not much of a surprise. Not and really. I imagine in California, you've probably got many who are already vaccinated, but uh, again, it's um, it's they're, they're trying to make it law. And finally we have, this one's also scary. Another bill, 866, which would authorize minors 12 years old and older to consent to vaccines without con the consent of a parent or guardian. 
so we've been seeing stuff like this recently in various places, you know, recommendations to, to kind of or nurses giving vaccines at school, for instance. Um, but this would kind of remove the, re- the remove the influence of the parent completely in that you can have children who are 12 years old who are making long-term medical decisions uh, without any uh, – their parents don't even need to know. Yeah, without parental interference. I mean, this is something we're seeing on mon- multiple fronts. I mean, this kind of seems like that's it's their dream to kind of separate kids from – from their parents and having any kind of parental influence on the major decisions in a child's life. So yeah, none of these are surprising. All of them are scary. California is really not the place to be at this point in history. Uh, It was good for a while guys, but maybe it's time to find uh, time to find another state to hang out in. Yeah. Yeah, if not only for the COVID, you know, or, or medical fascism stuff, you know, even because of the LGBT, you know, critical race theory, propaganda that's forced down children's throats. Again, all of it seems to be part of what you just said, Doug, is is um, getting the children away from their parents, you know, influencing children without the uh, without the influence of the parents, shaping the children to be children of the state. Right. That's that's what all totalitarian regimes really do. That's what they seek to do. Mm-hmm. You look at Nazi Germany. What was one of the first things that he did? He set up schools, you know, Hitler schools, and they were specifically indoctrination camps. And that's that's really what we're seeing. And, and these these laws, at least some of them, which are implicating children, uh, that's that's essentially what this is under the surface. It's it's wrapped in you know, nice fluffy words in terms of, you know, public health or health and safety or whatever they call it, the other stuff, equality, diversity, inclusion, all of that stuff. But ultimately at its core, it's indoctrination of children who do not yet have the capacity to make rational decisions and do not have the knowledge, wisdom, experience to be able to determine whether that information is true or whether it's false. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, it seems as though Californians as a whole are um, are quite happy to go along with that. Sure, there's I'm sure there's rebels there, but uh, without a doubt, yeah. Anyhow, I think that's uh, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, we will be back next week with another exciting topic. Um, be sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends, all that good stuff. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye guys. See ya.